0: Please open your Bibles to Mark, chapter 14, verses 12 through 31. Uh, That can be found in the Pew Bible on page uh, 850. Again, Mark, chapter 14, verses 12 through 31. And on the first day of unleavened bread when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you, follow him and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, where is my guest room? where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready, there prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve, and as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, truly I say to you, One of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and to say to him one after another, Is it I? He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, you will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. Amen.
1: Well, thanks for reading the scriptures. The one who calls you Pop-Pop says, thanks for reading the scriptures too glad that yeah him thank you for that yeah we're glad to have the little ones with us today and hope that you'll be encouraged by this too well let me say a prayer for us as we uh, come to the scriptures together gracious God you've caused all of the scriptures to be written for our learning so we pray now that you enable us to to read to note to learn to inwardly digest them so that encouraged and supported by your word we may embrace and always hold fast to the joyful hope of everlasting life you've given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, later on in our time together, we're going to share together in the Lord's Supper, and in view of this, my aim is to keep my comments uh, largely preparatory for our sharing uh, in the Christian meal. Speaking of eating, uh, we, we know that most of the meals that we eat together, uh, we tend to forget. But I don't think the disciples forgot this one because it was their last meal with Jesus. We tend to forget some meals I know much to the consternation of the one who prepared it But uh, like you, we have some meals uh, that stick with us over time I was even thinking about the Christmas dinner that our family shared just uh, days ago With Beth's side of the family It was probably not unlike yours Except for the fact that ours first began with a serving of sherbet Why? Well, because it was a family tradition that went back decades in time When uh, refrigeration and freezers freezers were uh, more challenging And so... Each christmas we rehearse the story of what the robertsons did first uh, decades ago And then we uh, start the meal off with sherbet as an appetizer They adapted things to me eventually because I did not like lime sherbet, which was the thing and now we have orange sherbet So i'm glad for their accommodation in those things Anyways, uh, most meals we forget But we we our family doesn't forget christmas meal and we look forward to it The disciples uh, did not forget this meal this we could even say Family meal, because it was the last one that they had together with their friend, uh, with uh, the rabbi, with the Savior, Jesus. It's an important meal because it eventually memorialized what we call the Lord's Supper or communion, which is a little meal. It's a largely symbolic meal that Christians have now shared together in for some 2,000 years. If you look with me at verse 12, uh, you'll see that this meal happens during the Passover feast which was uh, one of the great festivals of the Jews. It's one in which the disciples, men of Jewish uh, descent, uh, would have celebrated all of their lives. They knew the routine, they knew what was supposed to be done, which is why on this particular occasion, it brought up the question of, well, where are we going to eat this meal? Now, that wasn't uh, a question just based solely on logistics, Uh, I had a measure of concern and uh, security attached to it because at this point in Jesus's life uh, there is uh, a a Cost uh, attached to his head the religious leaders are out to arrest him and uh, to seek to put him away and So a secure place is needed for the Passover meal Which is why Jesus unbeknownst to the disciples had already made arrangements on their behalf and so, in view of this, he sends uh, two of the disciples ahead of the rest into Jerusalem uh, to sort out the remaining details by finding a man who would be carrying a jar on his head, which may sound to us like finding a needle in a haystack, but it would have been an unusual sight, as typically women carried uh, jars on their heads while the men slept around uh, the wineskins. And more than likely, Although we don't know with certainty jesus had previously made reservations for the room and this man would be the disciples contact to get them into the safe place for the passover meal I I Think it's fair to say that passover for the jews was maybe something like independence day for us as americans uh, an annual celebration It brought people together Brought people to uh, the city of jerusalem for the Passover meal, the, the Passover feast, it was a memorial of past victory. They ate food together that pointed to historical events, namely their deliverance from slavery in Egypt. And so the, the roasted lamb was uh, eaten as a reminder to them of the blood that was applied to the doorpost of their homes to keep the angel of death from slaying their firstborn. The bread they ate reminded them that they uh, left in a hurry They didn't have time to wait for the bread to rise, so they ate unleavened bread The bitter herbs they ate spoke of their suffering as slaves And eventually, uh, sometime in the centuries that followed They added the practice of drinking four cups of wine with the meal Which is to say that this meal wasn't something that you could just sort of uh, put together on a whim You couldn't just swing by all these and get what you needed and do all the rest no Uh, Preparations were required, which is what Jesus had done on their behalf So if you'll fast forward with me from uh, preparations to conversations, we we zoom into the meal You've probably been to your fair share of uh, awkward dinner conversations Those miserable workplace ones at the end of the year But it probably pales in comparison to the one in which we read about here Because Jesus gets things going with uh, quite an uncomfortable statement One of you with us is going to betray me The disciples are at a complete loss about uh, who he means And I'm guessing even fully understanding exactly what he means As the reader we know what Jesus means But it's really telling that nobody immediately points their finger at Judas and goes Traitor (laughs) No There's none of that they they don't point a finger, they actually ask a, a searching question. Is it I? Even the way verse 19 puts it with such detail, they all went around the room asking the question soberly. So, is it is it I? Is it I? Even Judas parroted the phrase, "Is it I?" He fooled the other eleven, but but he didn't sneak under uh, Jesus' Jesus's radar. I'm guessing that's why jesus spoke so sternly about judas saying it would be better if you had never been born it's as if jesus is saying hey i know what you've come to do even now will you not hold up on these things uh, woe to the man who will do this to me it would be better if he'd never been born that awful truth is what judas eventually came to realize for himself as later on after his betrayal and utter despair he took his own life but in the moment he, He's deaf to the warnings that Jesus has issued he, He's been uh, seduced by sin In particular, I think the sin of greed The sin of influence Sin and vice have uh, deceived him And they are about to, to ruin him That's one of the sobering warnings for us uh, That comes up in this din- dinner conversation Which is that sin will deceive us It'll deceive us just like it did to judas It'll make us think that we aren't actually the people that uh, that we really are Who by nature really are quite rebellious toward god. We are uh, so self-serving in most every way Sin will deceive us into thinking that 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 we aren't the problem But it's that jerk boss who's the actual problem It's the stressful environment. That is the real problem. Those are factors, but they aren't the real problem Sin tells us. Well, it's not you. It's it's them And if we listen to those lies we will eventually fall down in despair sin will deceive us And sin will harden our hearts If you give yourself to it Your heart will grow cold to the things of god You, You will feel far from him because you are far from him Sin deceives and ultimately leads to despair and during this meal, uh, Judas, he's, he's trying to hide his sin from Jesus, but it's clear that, that Jesus knows Judas's heart. He, he knows what's going to happen. He, he could have stopped Judas if he wanted to. He could have, like, uh, perked the, the protective instincts of the other disciples. They, they could have tied Judas to the chair, but, but they didn't. Because Mark 14 is one of those instances that simultaneously affirms God's ordering of events— And the human responsibility For those events It's what Peter preached about Just a few months later after this night Acts 2, 2-23 He said this This Jesus Delivered up according to the definite plan And foreknowledge of God You crucified And killed by the hands of lawless men God's definite plan Your lawless hands It's the divine plans of God unfolding during the passover meal it's the betraying hands of judas fully culpable for his deeds it's really important that we recognize that jesus isn't taken down by a rogue outlaw here he hasn't been uh, beaten in chest sort of outwitted and outflanked and overpowered jesus has mastery over every detail like where to find the guy carrying the water jug who will get you to the room Who will line up the preparations that we've made Even moments beforehand According to not Mark's gospel but John's gospel Jesus of course washed the feet of Judas Here he is making himself known in love At the feet of his foe He makes himself vulnerable to the one who's going to to sell him out Well in characteristic form of Mark's gospel He moves the storyline along at a fairly brisk pace So we shift from this tension-filled conversation with Judas to uh, The significance of what Jesus next did As he took the Passover meal and he transformed it To further reveal who he was and what he'd come to do So he he takes these elements of old bread and and wine And he gives them wonderful new meaning in, in this way The bread was typically eaten in silence But on this night, Jesus broke the silence with these memorable words When he said, take, this is my body He's saying to them, "Uh, this bread is a a symbol of, of my person My whole being And the way that I'm going to give myself wholly for you And then he took one of the four cups of wine He gave thanks to God and he gave it to them and they drank it And after they consumed it he said this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many bread and wine You see uh, during that first passover meal in egypt a lamb was slaughtered so that someone else uh, wouldn't have to die Something's blood was shed so that someone else would be kept safe A substitute was offered up that provided protection against god's judgment And Jesus is now saying to the disciples Through the symbolism of food I myself am the Passover lamb I gave my life as a substitute for my people I will give my life as a substitute for my people All of those lambs That have died for centuries past Died so that you would understand That without the shedding of blood There is no forgiveness for sin Jesus says I've I've now come to be The lamb of God Who will take away the sins of the world It's my body and my blood given for you He's picturing for them What he will soon do for them When his blood is poured out upon the cross When the Lamb of God takes away sin You see in becoming a Christian God sees your sin and your guilt And he takes it from you And he gives it to his son who willingly received it and its punishment on your behalf that's what it means to, to be converted to become a christian you've been pardoned for your rebellion against god you've been rescued from the justice of god in order that you might rest in the mercy of god that's what you tell yourself when uh, when sin pains your heart when you feel yourself to be a a, a flaky sort of christian When you feel overcome with shame when you uh, feel such regret for your failures repeated once again When you think that your sins are worse than anybody else's The christian Looks to the lamb of god who has the final word on you Who has the final word on your guilt? And in looking to jesus you hear him saying these things This is my body given for you I gave my life as a substitute for you I made atonement for you Repent and be restored This is what Jesus is symbolizing for his friends And taking the bread and saying This is me for you And then look what he did after eating the bread Verse 25 he, He took up a cup in his hand And he said I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine Until that day When I drink it new In the kingdom of God You see, he didn't touch the fourth cup of wine, which was customarily drunk at the end. Instead, he he like pushed pause uh, for the evening, and he symbolically saved that cup for another day. In other words, the cup that usually brought the Passover meal to the end was left untouched, as it would be uh, revisited in a day yet to come when something else more fully came. And in this way, Jesus instituted for us the Lord's Supper, For us to regularly share in until the fullness of God's kingdom comes For now, we eat a little bread We drink a little cup As we live in the pause Before the days when with the Lord Jesus That we will drink that final cup together with him Which I'll say more about in just a minute But for now, moving toward the end Our narrator carries us along by introducing to us another surprising element in the evening, there's been a, a betrayer identified. And we read here that there's also going to be wholesale failure, wholesale failure on the part of the remaining disciples who remain unconvinced by what Jesus is predicting about them. You'll see what I mean if you just pick things up with the reading again in verse 26. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. I will not deny you and they all said the same so in the earlier hours of the evening we saw how jesus knew the heart of judas and now he shows us that he knows the condition of the other disciples yet you know the story that within hours of this meal all of the declarations that of the disciples that all came undone that they all fled and jesus was left all alone And while uh, jesus must have been truly pained by their failure It's important that we recognize that he wasn't taken surprise by it He knew that they would fail him and yet he still said to them. Did you catch the significance of that? Hey in a few days i'm going to get together with you in galilee He knows they're going to fail him, but he's going to get together with them in order that he might restore them particularly peter and in another sort of subtle way he says oh, yeah, and, and don't forget Someday together we're going to drink that fourth cup of wine together and that's really the the great encouragement that i want us to see from this passage this morning that the that the foreknowledge of the disciples failure didn't stop jesus from calling them as his own he he allowed them to be his close friends knowing full well that they would fail him meaning That he won't cast off you and me because of our failures and imperfections He knows what you were like before you became a christian uh selfish and and guilty And yet he loved you He saves you in view of your shortcomings for for while we were still sinners Christ died for us He knows what you were like before you became a christian and he also knows what you'll be like After you've become one That you will be weak and frail That you're going to make promises that you can't keep That you're going to make new year's resolutions That are going to peter out in two weeks time And yet he loves you And he loves you to the end Because Jesus is the Passover lamb Who was sacrificed for us And his death is the means By which God binds Wavering and wandering disciples To himself so don't allow your, uh, your, your performance-driven heart to, to tell you otherwise. There's nothing more that I can do to make God love me more now that I am in Christ. There's nothing that I can do to make God love me any less now that I am in Christ. He's a merciful and forgiving God, so go to him with the, the weakness of your love for him. Listen to the counsel of Sinclair Ferguson. He says this, Our sins can easily harden our hearts against Jesus And blind us to his grace Do not think that he is ever taken by surprise When you fail him Go to him immediately And confess your sin And the weakness of your love for him He will hear you He will embrace you He will restore you He knows what we are he continues to be a merciful and forgiving God. Believe it. Rest in these things. Repent. Be restored. Rejoice. He, he will restore you. That is what the Lord's Supper says and shows to us. Uh, this is a it's a meal for sinful people, for betrayers, for failures, The gospel is for broken people. This meal gives us the opportunity to certainly express and deepen our trust in Him and our growing love for Him, but also to be assured of His unbroken love for us. It's really uh, taking hope again in those words that Jesus said to us I will not drink again the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. That day, if you like to circle back around to dinners. The dinner reservation has already been made uh, for that day. And really, we're just waiting with eager insurance and in anticipation for our tables to be called. That's why uh, we'll drink together this, this little cup and be encouraged by it and be assured, but which is why we leave the other cup filled and untouched because it symbolizes to us that there's another day to come when the fullness of God's kingdom breaks into this world and we will eat and drink together with the risen Lord Jesus.